Hey, Reach Paramount, welcome to our podcast. Hey, this message concludes our series on love with Pastor Isaac Roman in a message entitled, Living a Passionate Pursuit. Enjoy this message. Amen. Isn't God good this morning? All right, well, you're welcome to sit. We appreciate all of you being with us here this morning. We also, again, want to welcome those that are joining us online. Uh, See you out there, many of you, even some out of state. So thank you so much for being with us here this morning. And uh, we're going to continue in this uh, this love series. Uh, I do want to acknowledge, uh, maybe for those that are here for the first time or joining us online for the first time, uh, our senior pastors, uh, Pastor Omar and Sister Letty, are ministering this morning in Northern California, at Milpitas, California, if you know where that's at. And uh, that's one of our churches that are connected to the Reach Network. Uh, so that's a Captivate Church, my, uh, Pastor Mike and Vivian. And so, uh, so uh, we're just we're just honored to be able to release our pastors to go and to minister to that church. Also, uh, uh, we have our evangelist uh, John Tahaji. He's uh, right now probably right in the middle of it preaching uh, at the Cure Church in Kansas City. And so, uh, it's just amazing. It really is amazing what God is doing. Uh, in our church and, uh, and, and just to see all the different ministry that's going out. But I do want to honor our senior pastors, our uh, really my spiritual uh, mother and father, as you guys know, uh, Pastor Omar Cicilletti. We love them. How many of you guys love them so much? And they're, uh, come on, no golf clap. Come on. How much do you really, really love them? And I just think about it all the time. I think about where, where would I be if, uh, if this man and woman did not say yes, did not respond uh, to, to the call of God in their life. And, uh, and now uh, here I am uh, married uh, in my sane mind, uh, my children in ministry. It's just, it's just amazing. And I think about this and I, I want to maybe, maybe this is a word for someone, uh, is, is how critical and how essential the local church is uh, to you. Uh, to your family and to generations. I was looking at a, a picture, and I'm 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 a little bit off uh, a little bit off course this morning. But I was looking at a picture uh, from 2000. Uh, I'm sorry, it, it had to be in uh, 1999, and uh, I posted it on my Instagram story for those of you that uh, that uh, that follow me. Uh, but it was a picture of my father. Uh, uh, he was a pastor, and he's ministering. And uh, uh, Pastor Omar is there, and my, my father's praying over Pastor Omar. And then we have Pastor Dave Hernandez that's in that picture as well. And uh, uh, my dad is, is, uh, is ha- has uh, Pastor Omar's hand clenched and is praying over him. Uh, and there was a lot of things going on in that season, but I just I, I thought about this divine connection and really how, uh, how, how that transfer and, and that, uh, that, that, that relationship has really, in my, in, in my opinion, looking at my family, my siblings, and, and even my children, uh, really saved a generation uh, because of this divine connection. And so again, I, wanna, I really want to impress this to you that uh, the importance of the local church, the importance of the relationships, even that you have here, your brothers and your sisters, your friends, those that you spend time with, how important, how critical those things are. You never know. Uh, you never know the impact, the lasting impact that they may have. And so God is just so good. Would you agree with that this morning? Amen. Well, I, I want to pray this morning before we get into this. Uh, if you're out there, why don't you just lift your hands? Come on. We, we want to invite the Holy Spirit into this place. Uh, I want you to begin to pray right now as I pray as well. So, Father, we just thank you in this moment, God. You've been so good. You've been so gracious. Father, you've been so faithful, Lord. And we thank you, Father, for your word because it brings transformation. Lord, you love us so much, God, that you'll meet us right where, you're, right where we're at. 
but you love us too much to leave us there. So I pray this morning, God, that your Holy Spirit would begin to minister through the words that I speak, Father. I pray that it would bring change and transformation. I pray, Father, this morning that your people would be inspired by your word, God, that we would live a life of passion for you, Father. And I thank you, God, for all that you're going to do in these next couple of moments. We honor you. We thank you. And in Jesus' name we pray. The saints of God said amen. 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 All right. Well, we're going to get right into this. And uh, uh, really kind of like our, our theme scripture is out of Matthew. This is Jesus' words. And um, I was thinking about this message. And you're going to see that a lot of what I'm talking about, I'm going to be using Jesus' words. Is that okay? I think that we can learn a lot from that if we just listen. Uh, and I believe that everything that we need for a, a, a passionate life uh, following after God, everything that we need for that, that instruction is in the Bible. So uh, Jesus says in Matthew 22, he says, um, or I'm sorry, uh, one of the Pharisees comes to him and, and asks, asks him this, teacher, which is the most important commandment in the law of Moses? And Jesus replied, uh, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. And so this morning, I want to encourage you in this thought that each and every one of us is on a pursuit. Uh, how many of you would agree with that? Each and every one of us are pursuing something. Um, now, I want to talk to you this morning about uh, living a passionate pursuit. And uh, again, the sermon series is on love. But really, how many of you know that if you love something, you're passionate for it? Would you agree with that? And so I want to I want to encourage us this morning in this thought that each and every one of us is are in a pursuit of something. And as I as I walk through this message, I want you to begin to think and kind of reflect as to what it is that you're pursuing. Because uh, whether you're whether you're conscious or unconscious of it, you are pursuing something. And see, so many of us are passionate about a lot of things. Uh, and the things that we're passionate about, listen to this. We will spend our time, talent, and treasure with blatant disregard. We, we, we don't care what the cost is. If we're passionate about it, nothing will stop us from pursuing whatever that is. How many of you guys uh, can see that in your own life? Uh, you ever meet someone that's passionate about, about fishing? Any, any fishermen in the house? Okay, there it is. All right. So you ever, so I am not passionate about fishing, although I like it and I like it for the time that I'm able to spend with brothers on a fish, uh, on a fishing boat. But I'm not particularly fa uh, passionate about fishing. Now, uh, what I found out about fishermen is it doesn't matter, uh, it doesn't matter what the weather is like outside. It doesn't matter. Uh, something that I've learned about fishermen is that, uh, they will spend money on gear. I mean, they're always looking for a new reel, a new rod, uh, the, the the latest, whatever the technology is, uh, they're, they're just going for it. Um, it doesn't matter what the water conditions are for a fisherman because they're going out regardless. And I'm usually there uh, pretty sick uh, and, and just miserable, okay? But I'm there and I'm trying to hang tough. But uh, it, it's funny when, when someone is passionate about something, it doesn't matter what time we're leaving. Hey, uh, hey, we got to meet at the dock. Uh, you know, we, we got to meet at the dock by, by 5 o'clock in the morning. Uh, how many of you know that the fishermen are up like at 3? o'clock in the morning and they're tinkering they make sure they got all their gear in place all that kind of stuff doesn't matter uh what time uh what, what time it is uh for for those folks uh how about sports fans how many sports fans in the house yeah 
I was thinking about this too. I mean, the ladies, you guys are passionate about a lot of things too. I, uh, I, I have some, some, some women in my life that I see, they're very passionate. Uh, they're up uh, all hours looking at like makeup tutorials and how to do this and do that with their hair and all this. So, it, you know, it just doesn't matter. It just, they're just going to invest uh, everything that they have into this. But it's funny because sports, uh, sports fans make some people pretty crazy. See, the sports fans, uh, they'll do everything that the fishing folks will do. Um, but not only that, they'll take it a step further and they'll paint their whole bodies. Let, let's put some of those pictures up there. Come on. All right. All right. Well, I guess we don't have the pictures. Okay. You guys all know what I'm talking about. The, you know, just ridiculous. Grown men, grown, grown folks, uh, painting their bodies and all this stuff. Almost had it, huh? We almost had it. Um, but it's, it's, it's funny that, uh, and I'm not against this, okay? If, if, you know, do you, man. Like, if, if you love that stuff, go for it, okay? Uh, but, but, I mean, th- they'll go out and make fools of themselves uh, uh, because they're passionate about their team. How many passionate fans do we have in the house? All right, there. I, I see some of those. Some of those Rams fans are extra passionate, right? Um, but this is this is what it is. And and, and you think about that. We're, oh, now we're there. Okay. All right. A little late, but it's okay. I appreciate appreciate the 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 audio visual team. All right, you guys can put that down. <laughs> kind of missed it, guys. I'm sorry. Uh, but let, let's talk about this word passion. See, uh, passionate originates from the Latin, which is closely, uh, closely linked to the group, uh, the Greek word, uh, meaning path or to suffer. And so when this word is applied to our minds, it can relate to our mind being controlled by emotion, which we'll see in later verses. I'm going to walk us through that. So this is not a weak emotion, uh, talking about passion, but this is something that is very, very powerful. See, uh, our passions could be good passions or they could be bad passions. They could be sinful or they can be righteous, uh, but nevertheless, they can certainly uh, overrun our rationality. Think about that. Think about that sports fan right there, right? There's just no rationality to that. They're just painting everything. Some of them are going shirtless and like painted their whole body. And then they got like groups of, of friends that are doing this as well. Uh, they just, they just kind of go crazy that way. And so when Paul is writing uh, that God gave them up to their sinful passions in, in Romans 126, uh, this word, uh, what he means is an affliction of the mind or emotions or a feeling which the mind suffers. So here it is. This word passion can swing from one way, the good, uh, a good passion, or we could have a bad passion, either one of those things, okay? Uh, but almost always, this is an extremely intense emotion, and so uh, in, in the spirit of the season, as we're coming into uh, Easter and Palm Sunday and all that kind of stuff, all of us will hear, uh, will hear a lot about Christ's passion. And, and really, I think about this, what drove Christ to the cross? If you think about all the different off-ramps that Christ had on his journey to the cross, yet he stayed the course. Why is that? Because he was obsessive over the mission. I want to ask how many of you are obsessed over the mission of God in your life. 
That it doesn't matter what comes your way. It doesn't matter what obstacles are hindering you or, 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 or coming up in front of you. That you're just going to bull right through them. Uh, so here it is in Acts 1-3. It says, during the 40 days after he suffered and died, this is Jesus, he appeared to the apostles from time to time. And he proved to them in many ways that he was actually alive. And he talked to them about the kingdom of God. So here it is. Jesus presented himself alive after his scourging, which is the, cru- the crucifixion, the, the beating and all of that, uh, all of those things for each and every one of us. Uh, Jesus' last week in eventual illegal trial, torture and crucifixion is known as what we call the Passion Week. And the word in this verse means, uh, means suffered or to be affected or to have been affected. And so listen to this. His suffering was unlike any man that has ever lived. In fact, the word excruciating, how many of you ever use that word? Like I have an excruciating headache. That word was derived because of the crucifixion. That was how you were to describe the pain and the torture and the torment of the crucifixion. And so here is Jesus modeling a life of passion for us. How many of you would say that this is a righteous passion? Right? This is a righteous passion. So Christ models this for each and every one of us to follow after that. Now here are some sinful passions. In Romans 1, 26 and 27, Paul writes this. For this reason, God gave them up to dishonorable passions. For their women exchanged natural relations for those that are contrary to nature. And the men likewise gave up natural relations with women, with women sorry, and were consumed with passion for one another. How many of you know that this is a distorted passion? Going, goes on to say, men committing shameless acts with men and receiving in themselves the due penalty for their error. So here's, uh, here's Paul. When Paul wrote this, the word passion was from uh, a, a Greek verb. Uh, and what that means was a feeling which, which the mind suffers. And so quite honestly, if you understand what, what Paul is talking about here, it's a distortment of the mind. And how many of you know that sometimes we get a thought in our mind that, that is slightly distorted. It could take us down this path that none of us, uh, we were just unaware of, of how far this would go. And so this is what Paul is talking about when he's talking about these bad passions in our life. Here's another one, uh, burning passions. And this is uh, Paul in 1 Corinthians. He says, but if they cannot exercise self-control, they should marry for it's better to marry than to burn with passion. And so Paul is basically saying that if someone can't control their sex drive, they're better off marrying than burning with passion and committing sexual immorality. Now, I just want to stop here and make sure that we're all clear on this. Sex outside of marriage is immorality. Sex outside of marriage is fornication, all right? And so we're talking about these sinful passions that, that are really overcoming us. Paul even wrote to the Thessalonians, and he said that each of you should learn to control your own body in a way that is holy and honorable. I, 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 want, I want us to kind of consider this about uh, the disciplines in your life. What kind of guardrails do you have up in your life? I think about, I think about these burning passions and, uh, uh, one of our, one of our pastors, uh, Pastor David Hernandez, 
used to minister and he would talk about the good dog and the bad dog. And uh, I, I want to ask you this morning, uh, which dog are you feeding? Because whatever dog you're feeding is going to become stronger in your life and lead you down into, into what we're calling these burning passions. Uh, if social media is a, is a problem for you, get rid of that thing. I, I love what Jesus said. He said that if your eye causes you to sin, uh, to pluck it out because you'd rather come into heaven with one eye than to burn in, in, in hellfire. He also said that if your arm causes you to sin, to cut that thing off because it's better to come into heaven with, with one arm than to burn in hell with both arms. And so I, I want us, I want us to consider as we're, as we're fighting against these bad passions, right? These unrighteous passions. What kind of disciplines do you have in your life? Uh, for the men, how many of you have accountability partners? You have people that could speak into your life, people that could check in on you, people that could make sure that you're living a righteous life or a holy life. We need this. We need these guardrails in our lives. Left to ourselves, uh, we are an absolute mess. Uh, so, so how about this? How about crucified pa- passions? I, I love this right here. Paul wrote to the Galatians, those who belong to Christ, Jesus, have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature to his cross and crucified them there. So Paul shows that there's hope for each and every one of us because we belong to Christ. How many of us belong to Christ this morning? And so if we belong to Christ, these passions and these desires that were once in us are now crucified to the cross along with, with Christ. And so uh, many of us, uh, how many of us could, could agree that uh, there's these temptations or these passions that are in our lives that we struggle with daily? Come on, raise your hand. You, you struggle. Okay, those of you that didn't raise your hand, like Pastor Omar says, just sit there and shine your halo, okay? And pray for us because we struggle with these things daily. Now, uh, you'll, you'll see that Jesus w- w- was, uh, w- was, was tempted, but even Paul here talks about this inner conflict in Romans 7. I'm not going to read it, but many of you know it. He says, the things that I do not want to do, I continue to do, and the things that I want to do, I cannot do it. Uh, it's, this, it's this turmoil or this conflict in understanding that he's, he's warring against these passions or these desires that are in his life. Here's another, here's another thing that Paul warns, uh, uh, the church or warns Timothy in his letter. He says, for the time is coming when people will not endure sound teaching. Even this morning, as I'm saying some of these things, maybe it's rubbing you the wrong way. Maybe I'm stepping on toes just a little bit. I'm here. I'm telling you, I'm preaching the Bible here. And, uh, and, and Paul talks about this time where there's going to be a people that cannot endure the sound teaching. He goes on, but have itching ears. They will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions and will turn away from listening to the truth and wander off into myths. I'm, I'm here this morning. I'm wondering how many of us have believed a lie in our lives. Maybe ha, ha, your mind has begun to wander off into some of these myths or these distorted truths. I, I was thinking about this. There's so much technology that's available to all of us in this world. And uh, as we're talking, as Paul is talking about accumulating these teachers that kind of tell tell us what our itching ears want want to have, we could we could truly listen to this believer this morning. You could curate a message from the gospel that it, that fits exactly your, what what you believe is right in your mind, what you believe in in your heart. And the danger of that is that we begin to walk down this path that is not biblical, and we begin to believe things that are not true. It's in, it's in the church. We, we have, uh, we have churches that are affirming of, of homosexual relationships. 
And, and, and they say that it's okay, that, that there's grace for that, and that uh, all these different things that make no sense, uh, and, and then they put them into ministry, and those folks are now ministering to other people. How wicked and distorted is this? And so Paul predicted this. He said that there was going to be a time when people no longer could endure sound teaching, and that time, how many of you would agree, that time is even now? So way back when, he saw it coming, and there was, it was already evidence of that, and it's just progressed so much more now. So why do, we, why, why do folks want to collect these teachers to themselves that will tell them what they want to hear? Ultimately, it's to suit their own passions. How many of us, uh, how many of us appreciate uh, here at Reach Paramount that we preach the whole gospel? We, we preach the word. And we preach it straight. We, we, make no, we make no apologies for what's in the word uh, because we understand that it's chiseling off some of those hard parts in our lives and it's making us more Christ-like. Listen to this. In, uh, in your prayer life, we, we sometimes spend, spend it on our, wrong, on our wrong passions. And so I, I want to maybe challenge your prayer life this morning. James says it in James 4.3. He says, you ask and do not receive because you ask wrongly to spend it on your passions. So how many of us, how many of us do this? And I'm, I'm with you this morning, okay? Uh, you, you, you plan your life out and you set up all the things that you want to do, that you want to accomplish. You set those things out, you line them all out. Uh, with, 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 with no, uh, no seeking of wisdom or counsel from God, but you just go ahead and plan it all, all, all out because you know best, right? And so we plan all those things out, and then we go to God and we say, God bless this. Uh, I didn't ask you about it. I, I, I have no wisdom. I, I've not, I've not gotten any wisdom from my pastor or from my leaders, but I know best. Just, just bless this, uh, bless this God and let me do what I want to do. James says that you're wasting it because you're spending your, that time on your own passions. And so we have, to, we have to understand this and we have to understand the difference between, between praying for our needs or praying for our greeds. How many of you heard that before? Uh, we, we, we have to pray for our needs. God, th- this is the right prayer. God, make me more like you. Help me to, as, I'm, as I'm warring against my flesh, as I'm warring against uh, these desires and these passions that are contrary to you, Lord, help me to crucify those things along with you. Make me a new creation. Make me more like you, right? I believe that if we're walking with the Lord, that all the provision, everything that we need for this life, uh, God, has, uh, God has made it available to each and every one of us. Uh, li- listen to this, the passing of passions uh, in First Peter 4, 3 through 4, uh, and many of us may have uh, experienced this, it says, uh, you have had enough in the past of the evil things that godless people enjoy. Their immorality and lust, their feasting and drunkenness and wild parties, and their terrible worship of idols. Verse 4, of course, your former friends are surprised when you no longer plunge into the flood of wild and destructive things they do. So they slander you. 
I was thinking about this in my life, and in 2003, um, I, I, I was saved. Now, at that time, I was completely jacked up, okay? Uh, a lifestyle of, uh, of just wildness and wickedness, okay? Drugs and alcohol and all, all of those things. And in 2003, um, I, I, had, I really had the first encounter with the Lord that really changed uh, my behavior, really began to, uh, uh, a, a work of sanctification is what, is what we call that. But it was a, a, a progressive work that I would become more and more like Christ. And I remember this. I had friends and even family that I was partying with, and, and uh, 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 they saw me at, at, at my lowest of my lows, uh, but they encouraged me to keep doing that. Now, when I made a decision to do the right things, all of a sudden I was fake. How many of you, how many of you ever experienced that, right? Like, all of a sudden, like, I'm going to do something that's, that's better for me, uh, better for my daughter at the time, right? Uh, all of a sudden, I'm fake. Like, I, I, I forgot where I came from. And I'm just thinking, like, I'm... I'm trying to do something good. I mean, you, you should be supporting that. I appreciate so much. I saw one of the brothers uh, just the other day. He posted uh, something. I think it was either on Facebook or on Instagram. But it was, uh, it was him and his buddies. Uh, and uh, It was actually Champ. I see him here this morning. But it was him and his buddies. And, uh, he, and the post said that, uh, that when they grew up together and they, got, uh, they, they were wild together. But now, fast forward that, you see that same band of brothers that are serving the Lord together. And I just thought how powerful... I thought how powerful that is, right? And so I'll, t- I'll tell you this. Maybe I'll help some, p- some folks this morning. If someone can't be happy that you've made a decision to better your life, to walk with the Lord, I would, I, I would, I would really challenge whether they were friends in the first place. Right? Don't worry about the fools, okay? Don't worry about the fools. And so I, what I want, I want us to look at, uh, I want us to look at really the temptations of Jesus. And so I believe that these are, there's some lessons here that we could learn to help us overcome some of these sinful passions or these things that we struggle with in our lives. How many, how many of us struggle with some things in our lives and we need some help? Yes? Okay, all right. So we're in the right, we're, we're, I'm in the right place this morning. So uh, I believe that temptation is the main obstacle uh, in, in allowing us or enabling us to live a passionate life uh, to, for, to fulfill all that God has for each and every one of us. See, this is, this is the command that Jesus gave us, that we must love the Lord your God with all our hearts, all our soul, and all our minds. Say everything. everything. Say that again. Say everything. So, so this is what it is, that our minds and our hearts can't be distracted. It can't be pulled two ways. You can't serve two masters, right? Uh, you, you can't be distracted by the things of this world and, and, and truly claim that you're living your life uh, and really pa- in this passionate pursuit of the things of God. I, I, I love what uh, uh, fr- uh, Victor Frankl, uh, uh, this is a quote, uh, and, and uh, he's, he's an author, and, and uh, uh, you should really uh, read his, work, his book. I think it's a, uh, a Man's Search of Purpose or something like that. But Victor Frankl says this. I want you to hear this. When a person can't find a deep sense of meaning, they distract themselves with pleasure. I'm going to say that one more time. When a person can't find a deep sense of meaning, they distract themselves with pleasure. And I wonder this morning, how many of us are distracted in our passions and in uh, in our pleasures and things like that because you've not been able to connect what God wants to do in your life. You kind of feel like, you kind of feel a little bit lost. And I believe that uh, t- today we're going to be able to connect this deep sense of meaning for each and every one of us. See, we believe here at Reach Paramount that every single one of us, 
have a destiny that God has purpose for each and every one of us. There's a specific thing, there's a specific path, a specific gift that God has given each and every one of us. And we'll never truly find fulfillment in this life until we're able to walk that thing out and begin to, uh, and begin to embrace that and see that manifest in our lives. And so, uh, and so let me paint this picture. So here's Jesus. Uh, Jesus is, uh, is getting ready to enter in to his three years of ministry here on earth. Now, many of you probably know the story that, uh, that, that Jesus is baptized by, uh, by John the Baptist. John the Baptist basically confirms that this is the Messiah. And then he's, then he's verified or validated uh, by God, right? So as Jesus comes out of the water, uh, the heavens open, and uh, there's an audible voice uh, of the Lord that says, this is my son in whom I'm well pleased. And then, there's, uh, and then there's the dove that falls upon him, which represents the Holy Spirit, okay? So here's, so, so here's the scene. Immediately after that, immediately after that, Jesus is tested, how many of you have ever experienced this, is that when you, make a, when you make a commitment to walk with the Lord, that some of the hardest testings and temptations come your way? All of a sudden, out of nowhere, right, uh, people start hitting you up in, instant me- in, in, uh, in your direct messages. Or all of a sudden, like, uh, all of a sudden, all these different opportunities come, uh, come up that you were, like, waiting for for a long time, uh, and they never came up. But now I've made a decision to live for the Lord, and now I have all these options that are on the, uh, on the table. How many of you experienced that? It's a strategy of the, uh, it's the strategy of the enemy. And so, and so listen, so here, here's Jesus. He's affirmed, verified, and validated. And he's getting ready to, to start his, his, uh, his ministry. And uh, I, I like what one theologian says. He says, after great honors put upon us, we must expect something that is humbling. Uh, how many of you know that uh, as, as, you're, as you're going to be promoted or before you're going to be promoted, Pastor Omar talked about this, that there's a test that you have to pass in order to be promoted. How many of you have, have experienced that, right? From one grade to the other, uh, for you to graduate high school or for you to, uh, to move up maybe in, uh, uh, maybe in your job or your career, that there's a test that you have to pass before you're promoted. Now, what happens if you fail that test? You got to do it again. Right? And so there's these testings that come into our lives that allow us to walk into the promotion that God has for us. And Jesus was not excused from that. Think about that. Jesus was not excused from that. So in this mountaintop moment where, where Jesus has just been validated or verified, uh, was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted there by the devil. For 40 days and 40 nights, he fasted and became very hungry. I like what one man said. He said, just as metal has to be tested far beyond any stress and strain that it will ever be called upon to bear before it can be used for any useful purpose, so a man has to be tested before God, uh, before God could use him for his purpose. And so here it is. Each and every one of us have to be tested and, and showed approved, right? Uh, Paul talks about that, that we're to be tested and showed approved before God could use us. Now, oftentimes, uh, when, when, and you may know this or not, now, when you're testing vehicles and passing safety certifications and regulations, oftentimes uh, that car is put through, uh, put, put through different exercises that are far beyond any kind of normal use, okay? Um, they, they, they test it at uh, elevated speeds and, and all this other crazy stuff to make sure that it's, it's suitable uh, uh, for, for the consumer. And so just the same way that we'll be tested even beyond what we feel is even possible for us to bear. 
God is going to stretch, stretch you far beyond what you think that you could bear in yourself. And he's going to test you and show you approved to be able to fulfill the purpose that he has for each and every one of us. I love what James says. James says, don't, 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 uh, uh, don't worry about it when you're, suffer- when, when you're, when you're enduring these, these trials or these sufferings, right? Uh, because it's purpose for, for each and every one of us. So verse 3, during that time the devil came and said to him, if you are the son of God, tell these stones to become loaves of bread. Verse 4, but Jesus told him, no, the scriptures say people do not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city, Jerusalem, to the highest point of the temple and said, if you are the son of God, jump off, for the scriptures say he will order his angels to protect you and they will hold you up with their hands so you won't even hurt your foot on a stone. How many of you, that's a trip, right? That, that, that Satan is now quoting scripture uh, to Jesus. Jesus responded and he says, the scripture also say you must not test the Lord your God. Next, the devil took him to the peak of a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. And he says, I will give it all to you if you will kneel down and worship me. Verse 10, get out of here, Satan. Some of us, uh, some of us, some of you need to stop having a conversation with Satan and just tell him, be gone, right? Like, get out of here, Satan. Some of us, are, we're like wrapped up. We're trying to reason and justify. Uh, let me stay here. Let me, let me get back to this, okay? Jesus told them, for the scriptures say, you must worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Then the devil went away and angels came and took care of Jesus. So I, I want us to look at this. The first thing in verse, uh, in, in chapter four, in verse one, it says, it says this, then Jesus full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan River. He was led by the Spirit in the wilderness where he was tempted by the devil for, devil by, for 40 days. And Jesus ate nothing at uh, uh, all that time and became very hungry. So this is the first thing that we have to learn uh, in, in this, in this temptation, and for us to have this passionate pursuit that we're talking about. The first thing that we have to do is we have to be full of the Holy Spirit. I'll say this one more time. You have to be full of the Holy Spirit. If you're not walking in the spirit, you have no power. You're working, you're, wa- you're living a powerless life. And so we have to ask God every single day, Father, uh, fill me with your spirit. Every single time you see someone get behind this pulpit, you, you hear them say, God, fill me with your Holy Spirit. I am nothing. It is impossible for me to fulfill what God has for me absent of the Holy Spirit in our lives. See, the Holy Spirit is the power of God. It's given to us, uh, it's given to us to enable us to do what God has called each and every one of us to do. I, I like it in Luke's account, he says it this way, then Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan River, and he was led uh, by the Spirit in the wilderness. So we can see Jesus here as full of the Holy Spirit. Listen to this. If Christ Jesus needed the Holy Spirit to be activated in his ministry, how much more do I need it in my life? See, see, giftedness and charisma and knowledge alone is not enough to fulfill the purpose of God in your life. We need the power of the Holy Spirit in each and every one of us. And so uh, how do we live uh, how do we live in the Spirit? I, 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 I'm going to steal this analogy. Uh, Evangelist David D. Hernandez used this, and I love it. 
Um, so, so he shared that when he was growing up, and I, uh, I, I could attest to this, as he was growing up in, in, uh, in Little League and T-ball, he was learning how to hit the ball off of the tee. And uh, he didn't have uh, good coordination. Many of us don't, uh, except for those that are uh, extremely gifted. But you don't have a whole lot of hand-eye coordination. So if you're up there doing it by yourself, you're just whiffing, right? You're missing it. You're hitting the tee and all that kind of stuff. But I remember my coaches and I even remember my dad coming to me and wrapping his arms around me and taking control of that bat, right? And then leading me through to hit that bat. Now, what had to happen in order for me to do that? I had to surrender to that. I I had to be completely surrendered and allow that motion to come from something else. It's the same way when we're living in the spirit, when when we want to be activated in the spirit, it has nothing to do with what we're able to do. It has nothing to do with our capabilities, but it's a surrendering to the Holy Spirit to allow him to move through us and walk through us and and, and allow us to, to, um, to, to walk that out in each and every one of our lives. And so the first thing is that we need to be full of the Holy Spirit. The second thing is, uh, is fasting is critical to our spiritual maturity. Fasting is critical. I got like a couple of amens on that. Fasting is critical to our spiritual maturity. All right, so, so fasting is a powerful tool that we can use to strengthen our relationship with God. And so fasting, abstaining from food or drink, demonstrates our nothingness without God and how we're dependent on his blessings and divine providence. See, we read that for 40 days and 40 nights, he fasted and became very hungry. And so fasting, listen, fasting is our humble act in asking God's will to be done in our lives. And so with fasting, it allows us to refocus our minds on God and on the spiritual manager. How many of you have ever been in a season of fasting and you are so hypersensitive to the spirit of God? Yes? It's just like, you almost, you could hear the audible voice of God just speaking to you, ministering to you. All of a sudden, everything is like a, a sermon illustration. All of a sudden, everything like, like you, you got a sermon birthed out of uh, like waking up and brushing your teeth or something like that. Like, it's just, it's just revelation, right? And, and so understanding that fasting and, and, and doing this, this practice or this discipline is critical to our spiritual maturity. This, uh, another thing that, uh, that we could see here is that Satan or the enemy will take Take advantage of our weaknesses. In verse 3, it said, Then the devil said to him, If you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become a loaf of bread. Imagine fasting for 40 days and not having anything to eat. I, I know just for us, when we, when we do like the three-day fast, I, I'm so hungry, like I could like, I could like gnaw off my arm. Uh, like we're just waiting, right, uh, to, to, to get a meal. I, I just can't imagine uh, for 40 days. And what I thought was really interesting, if you read this, this same account in, in, the, uh, in, in Luke, um, Luke 4, it says, it says it this way, that Jesus was tempted by Satan for 40 days. So listen to this. Not only was he fasting for 40 days, but every single day of that fast, he was being tempted by the enemy. It was, the onslaught was real. The onslaught kept on coming towards him. And so with this in mind, we need to remember one of the evil strategies of Satan for us is to commit to sin, and he'll take advantage of our weaknesses. How many of us have some weaknesses in our lives? And he'll take advantage of those things to trip us up. And so I want to ask you this morning, what is your weakness? Uh, Pastor Omar said this. He said that if you flirt with it, you'll fall for it. Think about what, what is it maybe in, in your life. I, I'm not saying that anyone is here and, and committing sin. Maybe there's some of you that are. But I'll, I'll tell you this. If you flirt with it, you will eventually fall for it. 
And so we got to get these things out of our lives, right? The next thing is that we need to learn to sharpen our sword. See, we read that the Word of God is like a, a two-edged sword in, in Ephesians. And in the spiritual battle between Christ and Satan, we can see how important it is for us to keep our spiritual sword in good condition. See, Jesus immediately uh, counteracted the lies and those myths and those distorted truths from the enemy with the Word of God. And I believe many of us, when we get these lies, this onslaught that's coming against our mind, that we allow to kind of fester and kind of make a nest in our minds, we need to counteract that with the Word of God. We need to start to declare some things over our lives. I, I, I was looking at this and I, I saw this. I'm going to just kind of declare some things over our lives this morning. See, we, we need to start to say that we declare God's blessings over me uh, it's coming over to, uh, to full fulfillment and uh, it will not delay, but it will accomplish everything that God has spoken over me. How many of you have, have, have received a word of the Lord in your life? It's coming. It's coming. Whatever was spoken, God's word does not return void. Uh, another confession. I am blessed beyond measure. I'm expanding in creativity. I am bearing good and godly fruits according to my kind and Christ likeness. I am fulfilling my God given a purpose on earth and I am fulfilling the earth uh, and I am filling the earth with the light of God in me. Listen to this. God is bringing into existence his blessings in my life, according to Genesis 1.28. And he will catapult me into a new realm of his glory and of his honor. See, we, 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 need, to, we, we need to sharpen our sword. You need to know the word of God. You, you need to be able to be skilled in the word to be able to overcome the, the lies of the enemy. Another thing is we need to feed ourselves daily. Daily, da daily uh, uh, feeding of ourselves will help us. It says that Jesus told him, no, the scriptures say people don't live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. See, so here, here's something. How, how many of you, what, what, if, 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 you're on a, if you're on a fast, let's say that you're on a fast for seven days, how do you feel in that fast? I mean, physically, I mean, honestly, I, I'm not looking for the spiritual giants to say, like, I feel great, brother. Like, how do you really feel? famished, right? Like you're, you're weak. You're, you don't really have the physical strength. Now, how, if, how about if you fasted for 40 days? How, that, that obviously would just increase, right? You'd feel less, less strength, right? And more famished and more weak. It's the same way with, 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 our, with, with the way that we treat the Bible in our daily reading and our daily bread. See, many of us, I'll, I'll be honest, many of us don't even read the Bible. I, let's just be honest, right? And so you come here on a Sunday, on a Wednesday, maybe Friday on Connect Group, and you're spoon-fed the Word. And see, the, see the, Bible, the Bible is spoken about like a mirror. And so even as I'm reading the Word of God, it, it's a reflection that you're, begin to, you're, you're able to kind of look at what's going on in your life. The Bible also says that there's those that, uh, just like a man that looks in a mirror and turns away and forgets what he looks like. It's the same way with this. If we're not in the Bible every single day, we forget the wretchedness that's in us. We forget the brokenness that, that's in us. We forget all of these things and we think that we're good. We think that we're, 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 we're all right. And so we need to feed ourselves every single day. I need to go, I need to go a little bit further. We're, we're, we're here. Let's see. So another lesson is that we, we cannot exchange our spiritual reward for the things of this world. In verse 8, in verse 8, 
the, the devil takes, uh, takes Jesus uh, up to a high place. In verse 8, it says, Next the devil took him to, to the peak of a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. See, Satan shows all the glory of this world, inclu- including all the pleasures that it can give. How many of us uh, have seen that in our lives? And in the same way, Satan can show us the pleasure of sin and tempt us to disobey God. See, we must remember that all the things in this world will fade away. So the career that you're pursuing, uh, the house and the assets and all those things that you're trying to collect for yourself, those will all rust and wither away. Those will fade away eventually. Even the money that you're, that, that, that you're building for your generations to come, okay, that money will be spent, okay, and that, that, that'll go away. It's not lasting. And so we have to remember that all things in the world will fade away. All the wealth, power, respect, status, and pleasures of this world, uh, that, uh, th- th- those will all fade away. We read in 1 Corinthians 2.9, Paul says, That is what the scriptures mean when they say, No eye has seen, no ear has heard, and no mind has imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. See, Satan is cunningly and horribly wise. And he has a lot of evil schemes and strategies to try to tempt us. I, I love, uh, how many of you have ever heard of uh, C.S. Lewis's uh, book, uh, Screwtape Let- Letters? Anybody heard that? I want to read you an excerpt out of this, okay? I want to I read you an excerpt out of this talking about temptation and the subtlety, the subtlety of this wandering away from what God, this passionate pursuit that God has called each and every one of us to. Now, in the screw tape letters, I want you to understand that this is kind of a kind of a, a mind twist. Okay, so this is a letter of a arc, uh, an arc demon. Okay, that is training a cadet, a, a junior demon, to trick and to strategize against humanity. Okay, so 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 that's where this is written from that perspective. Okay, so this is what it says. But do remember, the only thing that matters is the extent to which you separate the man or humanity from the enemy, which is Jesus in this case. It does not matter how small the sins are, provided that they are that their cumulative effect is to edge the man, humanity, away from the light, Jesus, and out into nothing. Murder is no better than cards if cards can do the trick. Indeed, the safest road to hell is the gradual one. The gentle slope, soft underfoot, without sudden turnings, without milestones, and without signposts. See, this is, this is the strategy of the enemy. Not that he would throw you off course in this kind of big thing, but in little temptations in your life, little compromises in your life, slowly and slowly and slowly you begin to drift further and further away from the Lord and, f- and closer and closer to your own valley or to your own flesh and to your own desires. That road will eventually lead us to hell. And so this morning, what I'm trying to do is inspire a passionate pursuit for the things of God, a passionate pursuit for Christ-likeness, forgetting and, 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 and turning away from all of those things, right? All of those things that entangle us, Paul talks about that, all of those things that entangle us in reaching forward to the prize in which God has for each and every one of us. See, it's, it's not God's desire that, each, that any, any one of us would perish, that any one of us would, would die and, and end up in hell for eternity. But it's God's desire that we'll reign and rule with Him forever and eternity 
And so here's, here's these strategies and here's these things that I believe that each and every one of us can learn from the temptations of Jesus. I, I want you, if you would, just bow your head and close your eyes here. We're, we're, gonna, we're gonna pray together. And I, I believe that the Holy Spirit has been, has been talking and challenging each and every one of us here this morning. And I, I want to make a call. Maybe this morning you're here and, 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 uh, and you could say, you know what, Pastor Isaac, this, this, this passionate pursuit that you're talking about, uh, I have passion. I have things in my life that I'm passionate about. But I realize even this morning that my passions have led me down a course uh, that, that, that's, not, that, that's not in alignment with the Word of God or not in alignment with, with Christ. In fact, I'm very, very far away from the Lord this morning. And so if you're here this morning, I, I, this is the most important thing that, we, that we'll do this morning. If you're here this morning, you say, you know, Pastor Isaac, I'm, I'm a, uh, I, I feel a little lost. I feel like I, I, feel like I don't really have purpose. I, I, I don't really have this deep, this deep kind of uh, passion or this deep realization of a meaning in my life. And I need to get that right with the Lord. If you're here this morning and you say, I, I'm, I'm far from God and I just need to get this thing right. If you're here this morning, I want you to lift your hand just kind of as, as, as a sign, uh, as an acknowledgement here this morning. I'm far from the Lord. I got one hand that, that's gone up already. A couple hands, hands going up all over the place. Come on, if you're here this morning and you say, I'm, you know what, I, I've lost my course. There's another hand. I've lost my course. I'm passionate about all these other things, but I feel the Holy Spirit pulling on me right now and, and pulling me closer to him. See, this is the grace of God. This is the mercy of God that in an in a, in a environment like this, that the Holy Spirit would begin to tug on the heart of people and say, and begin to call them closer. Anybody else, if you're here this morning, say, you know what, Pastor Isaac, I'm far from God. I, I, I need to get my life right with, with the Lord. I need to get my heart right with the Lord. Anybody else? There's several hands that have already gone up. We're just going to take a couple more moments. This is important. A couple more moments. Anybody else? Maybe you're here this morning and you said, and you could say, you know what, Pastor Isaac, at one time in my life, I was passionately pursuing the Lord. I was passionate for the things of God. I was, I was at church early. I was witnessing to everyone that I came in contact with. But the things of this life and, and, and the temptations and, and all the things that I've experienced have kind of dulled that flame. If you're here this morning and you, and you can say that, I want you to acknowledge that with, 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 with a hand. And I want to pray that God would reignite you here this morning. Anybody, anybody at all say, I, I, need, I, I, need, I need to be refilled, refired this morning. Amen. Amen. Many hands have gone up. I'm going to ask the congregation if you would stand in reverence to the Holy Spirit. Come on, if you would just stand with, with us this morning. Those of you that raised your hand, I saw several hands being raised. If you would just look at me. You, you meant that, right? You meant that. Those that are in the back, you meant that, right? I'm going to ask you if you would, just without thinking about it, just come and meet me here at the altar. Come on, just get out of your seat. Come on. There's grace for you. The Holy Spirit has called you. Come on. Just meet me right here. Just come come right here. Just face me. If you would, we, we got people that are going to come behind you. Look at this. This is powerful. This is powerful. This is the grace of God. I, I believe that God has called each and every one of us to a passionate pursuit, right? Uh, it's, it's, not, uh, it's not lackadaisical. It's not kind of a second thought. But this is all-consuming. This is everything. Everything or nothing is the call that Jesus puts on, on each and every one of us. And so I'm going to pray this morning. I'm going to lead you in a prayer. Uh, maybe you've prayed this before, but I, I want you to make a declaration, a, a recommitment uh, to the Lord this morning. So as I say these words, I want you to repeat them. You're not repeating them to me. You're, you're saying them to the Lord. And, and so repeat this after me. Say, Father, forgive me for my lack of passion. 
I've allowed the things in this world to distract me from the course. And today, I recommit my life to you. Holy Spirit, fill me. Enable me to live the life that you called me to. And I thank you, God, for your promise. Because it's yes and amen. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Church, if you would, just stretch your, stretch your hands forward. We're going to pray. We're going to have some workers pray over them. Come on. Come on. Begin to pray. Thanks so much for listening to this message from Reach Church Paramount. To stay connected with us, follow us on Instagram or Facebook at Reach Paramount. To give and support this podcast and ministry, visit our website at reachparamount.com slash give.